You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. One of our favorite people to mm-hmm. spend time with is Professor Elizabeth Smith of the Moody Bible Institute. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are both of you? Well, we're both doing pretty well, I think. Yep. Kelly, can you confer? I I confirm. I am well. All right. There we go. Maybe not sane, but I'm well. (laughs) You have to check occasionally, like, wait, wait, let me make sure. Okay, yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) You know what I like to do with that pause? Let's say somebody asks you a question and, and you tell them, you know, thanks for asking, but no, I'm not able to do that. And you know those people who really don't think you mean it, and they just kind of keep pushing? Mm -hmm. I always like to kind of pause and go, oh, no, no, wait a minute. Let me, yeah, no, it's still no. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure that my no really meant no, and I do. The answer is no. (laughs) Thanks for asking again and again, but it's no. Yep. Flattered (laughs) by your asking me, but yeah. Yeah, so flattered. How kind of you, but no. Not doing that. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you are um, involved in (laughs) children and family ministry. And when you're talking about children and you're answering no, you know, the the person who is continually asking that question uh, is just like a child. The same question over and over and over again. Over and over and Mm -hmm. over. I appreciate their tenacity. Some people are great when it comes to perseverance. Right? So I'm like, I'll give them points for that, but I am still able to say no. But when you yeah, reject still them, my no. you're helping them with resiliency. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And, you know, living with disappointment graciously. Right? So yeah. that is... That's what I'm trying to help them with. I'm really wow. a helper at the heart of it all. Really, yeah. that's who I am. Can't help it. <laughs> that is so great. Well, uh, we have a, a question here because the concept of Emmanuel, God with us, is pretty difficult sometimes for even adults to grasp a hold of. So how do we actually speak that into the life of a child? How do we explain that concept of what Emmanuel means and the change that it can represent in their life? Oh, yeah. And and that's where we really do want to take big ideas like Emmanuel and make sure uh, that children are able to receive it. And I'm a big believer um, you don't, we obviously don't change the truth, but it is our job to be aware that children don't hear the truth and understand it in the same way we do as adults. So while we can have a very kind of abstract and heady conversation about Emmanuel, God with us, we need to be able to create when they're really little object lessons, things they can get their hands on, their senses to, to play with that idea as they get older, games can really help. Um, and then even as they get older beyond that, um, being able to have questions and some Bible investigations. So we want to progress through the ages of child development to make sure that they're grasping this idea. So probably my first thought to parents and teachers is don't skip over a big idea or a theological doctrine because it seems too difficult for children. It's not. We, as the adults, get to get creative and go, no, I'm not going to skip over this. I'm going to find ways to make it accessible 
to all the ages, to all ages, and to people of all abilities. Um, because honestly, that really I think is the meaning of Christmas. God has made Himself so accessible to us. God with us. That's Emmanuel. And I think that's the heart of the Christmas message. But I would first say I think a lot of a lot of us can hear that and go, "Wow, that seems a little bit intimidating," and and it can seem a little bit difficult to do. Um, but I think I have some idea of uh, I have some ideas for you, and then I'm going to love for you guys to share with me any ideas you have and how we can make sure kids are getting the true meaning of Christmas, if that sounds like a good idea to you. Well, that sounds good, but I want to pull our listening family in on this, too, because if you have ideas about making sure that kids, if you've, if you've done this with your own kids, making sure they get the true meaning of Christmas, God with us, text us and tell us what you've done, 800-969-9467. But, um, Professor Smith, how, how, let, let's start with the smallest kids. When, at, at what age do you feel they can begin to start getting the idea and how do we start to present it? So if you, let's go, if we go for toddlers and preschoolers, um, if you've got toddlers, I would just start with there. Um, if you have a baby doll around your house, because obviously Jesus came as a baby. He was a baby in a manger. A manger was a, uh, it was probably a sheep stable. Um, it would have sheep and donkeys, so more so probably than horses. Um, and it would have been on the outside of Bethlehem. And this is where all the travelers would have put their animals. And animals ate out of troughs. And they probably put some clean hay in there. And that's where they put the baby. So you might have something close to your house or at your house like that. But that, that baby in saying God became from heaven and put himself in a human body. He became human to be with us. And when you say God with us, you go, you, you know, you, you touch the baby God, and then you pick that baby up and you hold the baby close with us. And then you can put the baby down again and go, God, and then you pick the baby up again with us. And that little toddler, two and three year old, they'll do it. They'll put the baby down and go, God, and then pick the baby up with us. Because with us is the idea that God comes near. God has descended to earth to be with his creation. He has drawn near to us. So that that's a very physical moment, movement, God with us. And all you're doing in those, in those early years is we're laying down a foundation that we can develop and add on as their brain is able to do it, but to make it very, very close. And just you repeat and you repeat, and you repeat. Um, and it may be, it's very precious because many times they'll just be picking up the babies all day long going, God with us, God with us. But then it becomes this idea in their head that's going to be deeply rooted. So I would have some of those precious times with just the dolls around your house um, and making sure they understand that the word with means near, it means embrace, it means being close, um, and that is who what God really did when he became that baby. So, you know, having those baby dolls when they're little, that's my first idea and the easiest thing to do when they're super little. And then we build from there. So what about... Oh. 
So what about the older age kids that are not going to respond perhaps in the same way to that Mm -hmm. simple explanation? Uh, You know, I think as we get through our elementary years, maybe entering into intermediate, you know, that around that 12 to 13 year age mark, we know the wrong that we have done. We've maybe even been raised in an environment where we have been told we're not so good. We're not so lovable. How do I figure out this concept that, huh, this person, Jesus, can reside in me and love me, even though I haven't had the best of experiences these 12, 13 years? Yeah, no, and that is great. So depending upon where the child is coming from, you know, obviously when you're talking about a doll where they're, they're really little, I might move just up to the preschool or early elementary. And for those people, I would say get a three-by-five card, write the name God on it, on the back, take a piece of duct tape and loop it inside out. Um, and I had one mom, she did a great job. She had the name God on different colored pieces of paper. And then um, at dinner time, each person at their plate um, would have their colored picture, but it would say God. And she goes, God with us means that God came in order to be humanity, deity and in humanity, and he is with us. So once again, you can pick that up, but you can place it on your sweater. You can place it on your arm. God with us. Um, and in her family, as they're like, you know, when God is always with us, God is with all of his creation, however you are right, in that those of us who know Christ and repented and of our sin and believe in the name Jesus Christ as our Savior and has accepted him as our Lord, then he doesn't even just dwell on the outside, but on the inside. Um, but up until about the age of 10 or 11, we're just getting the idea of God with us because they're still very concrete learners. So um, what you could do at your dinner table then is every time they go around the table saying, okay, when you were at school today or when you were at work, how did you notice that God was with you? Where did you see God work today? And then they would pick up that God card uh, with the tape on it and then put it on their sweater and go, okay, God with me today, I saw him You know, for me, I was always thanking God when he would give me a great parking spot at Walmart. I never wanted to miss the tiny blessings of God in my life Um, or the time if I heard sad news that I just sad news that God comforted me, you know, God with me. And people were able to give testimony around the table that God with us is very, very real. So storytelling and testimony, but even still doing that very ob- that, that objective idea of the piece of paper that says God and then putting it on you. Like, don't forget, God is with you and it's still very tangible. Um, as they get older, those testimonies and stories are still really important. Um, and then as they go into adolescence, they're going to be able to even more so recognize their sin and the fact that God is with us, and yet I am I am not worthy. This God has became a baby to live and die a perfect life and then die three days later from the grave. Uh, but he did that to purchase our salvation. God came to the sinner, the, the sick. Even Jesus said that, like, who did I come for? Do the Do the healthy need a doctor? No. It's the sick. If we recognize our sickness, if we recognize the darkness of our own life, our selfishness, our greed, our discontent, uh, good, the news is that Jesus is the light of the world and he has defeated sin and death and darkness because of his resurrection from the dead. And so now we understand that when we accept Christ, he doesn't just live on the outside. He is truly internally God himself lives inside of us. 
as the Holy Spirit. And, and John says at the end of chapter 16 that Jesus says, it is to your advantage that I go away, for then the advocate, the, the Spirit will come and he will reside within you. And that's really the beautiful message of the New Testament. In the Old Testament, we saw God dwelling with his people, but it was in a burning bush. It was in a tent. It was in a temple. Um, all Adam and Eve got to walk and talk with God in the garden, but they sinned and were banished. But God continued to want to be with his people, but he met with them in places, and it was external. Good news in the New Testament is he has gone from the outside to the inside for those of us who believe in Jesus, and he indwells us now 24-7. And we begin to have those conversations as teenagers get older and as our kids turn into young adults, that they have they accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, and do they recognize the indwelling of the spirit. So the progression of testimony, the progression of story, the conversation of scripture, moving from just understanding the concrete reality that God has become a human to really knowing like God's intention was always to be with his people. That's why he made the garden. He wanted to walk and talk with us. And yet sin entered the world through Adam and Eve. And now the world is cursed. We live under a curse, but one day God will fully redeem it. There's a new heaven and a new earth. And once again, we will walk and talk with God, but until then, he indwells his people internally, and we do get to walk and talk with him until the final restoration. So progression on conversation through testimony and story, using object lessons to highlight it. Hopefully, we build upon a foundation and just keep building every single year so that the true meaning of Christmas becomes deeper and deeper throughout all the ages. I love that. And you you do have to start early. What do you find is the most difficult part of that for parents to explain? Where do we tend to stumble with that? Um, I think sometimes we forget to have fun with it. I think we're afraid of looking stupid. Or we think like, well, what if I do put the word God on a three by five card and put duct tape on the back? And I put it around the table and go, look, you guys, God with us. Every time we're going to tell our God story, we're going to put this on us. I'm going to do it too. What if one of my kids is like, ah, oh, that's kind of stupid. I don't want to do that. You know what? It's, we don't always have to look cool, right? We, we be unique. Go ahead and take some risks. Um, I think another like fun thing to do with teenagers, so you're looking at preteen or teenagers, is, uh, you know, we're going to play a family game. And they actually used to do this a long time ago where it's, it's kind of like blind man's bluff. What we do, you know, you put a scarf around your eyes or maybe one of those sleep masks so you can't see anything and then you hide treasures around the room like candy canes or whatever and then to see if you can find it you know or maybe you can go around and see can you touch the person that is really holding the treasure chest and so you tell the person who's blindfolded okay you can't see anything but there's treasure here to be found you have two minutes to try to find it about halfway through you can stop them and go oh wait I just wanted to clarify something did I say that you couldn't, you couldn't have anyone help you? Did I say you have to do this all by yourself? Did I say you need to stumble in the darkness alone? Did I say that? Well, no. Well, then you don't have to. You might want to ask to have somebody be with you who sees clearly who could maybe help you in finding the treasure. And when they ask, I need help, somebody help me. And then the one person comes and says, hey, I'll be with you to help you find what you've lost, to help you find the treasure. 
Um, it really is what God does with us. God is with us. So often we stumble around in the dark in this life and we handle it on our own. And God goes, wait, I never asked you to do that. I am with you. Turn to me all the time. Pray continually. Turn to me. I am with you. And that is what God desires as our loving Heavenly Father. Um, And we can assist one another of realizing that God is drawn near. God can be with us. Lead people to Christ. Let them know that he indwells them. Um, And so it's kind of a fun game, but it makes a great point. We don't need to stumble around in this life alone. God himself has come to be that baby, to live a perfect life, crucified and rose again, because God is with us. And that's the beauty of Christmas. So whether it's an object lesson or whether it's a... um, um, a fun game, um, you know, those, and then as well as those conversations and testimonies and stories, looking where God sought his people and was with them in the Old Testament and the New and really seeing the difference there. Um, those are the kind of rich conversations and things we can be doing throughout the Christmas season. Well, let's look at the family dynamic, because, you know, you brought up some really good points. You don't need to walk alone. You don't need to stumble around in the dark. But we're going to gather a bunch of people together. You know, we'll maybe be around our family, extended family members. And we all know, I mean, we all have people in our family who are struggling. You know, there's either perpetual drama going on in their life, or maybe they've even lost someone. They're feeling a little bit despondent. Holidays are very, very difficult, especially this time of year. So, the points that you're making that we can speak to a child do transfer over to us as adults. It's the plain, simple truth of the gospel. But what if you are speaking those to ears that are really not believing that they feel that way because of depression or any other challenge that they might have in their life? How do we approach family members with that? And what do we be looking for uh, who don't have or know the concept of Emmanuel that's in them? Mm. There's so many times. It's, it's amazing how the God who can do the impossible, we really don't believe that. We just think life gets in the way and it's too big. It's yeah. too hard. It's too difficult. I've sinned too much. You've sinned too much. And we keep wanting to see God through our eyes. And I'm like, I, I don't think that's a great way of seeing God. I think we need to see himself through his eyes, what God has said himself to be. And God said all, all things are, are, are possible with the impossible God. It's, it's possible to forgive and to be forgiven. It's possible to extend grace and to be gracious. It's, it's possible to let go of anger and bitterness. It's possible to go from unbelief to belief. Um, and I think in any of our family situations, to believe in the impossible God. We give up so quickly. Mm. Um, I have, uh, my husband and I do a great, I, we're so blessed to do a ministry in a, in a home, an assisted living home um, with older persons. And their stories, one woman said um, she did not come to faith until later, her later 70s. She was angry with God most of her life. And yet it was her son in his um, 20s or 30s who had come to faith and he just continued to tell his mom about Christ and, you know, when she would go to church with him and pray for her. And in her 70s, she came to faith. She had been a very bitter, angry woman. If you would have looked on the outside, you would have thought, oh, that's never going to work. You know, and there were times he might have wanted to give up. But to always be willing to give everybody another chance, God does. He gives us endless chances. 
And that's where to say, as long as we have breath, never look at someone who's past redemption, realizing that if you're a believer, even the person in your life who continually perhaps continues to hurt you, they are not beyond a redemption. So we have the opportunity to give the forgiveness that we ourselves have first received, telling ourselves the truth of doctrine, telling ourselves the truth of scripture, and really choosing to believe it first. I have to believe it first mm. before, I, before I live it. Um, and sometimes that's a lot that's a lot harder to do than it is to say, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you shared that story. My father came to Christ in his late 70s also, mm, and I, I prayed that. and prayed and prayed. And um, the remarkable thing was, as he stood before the church after he was saved, he said you, they, they gave him an opportunity to speak, and he said, you're probably wondering what took me so long. He said, I always believed. He said, I just never knew how. And I thought, oh. Of all the conversations we've had, I never thought to tell yeah, you how. No. But, you know, I, I think this even drives home e- even more the importance of, for, for everyone listening, if you have small children at home, this drives home the importance so much more of what you've been talking about this morning, working with them right away as they're young, teaching them, teaching them about the true meaning of Christmas, teaching them Emmanuel, God with us, because it does become harder as we get older and we see the condition of the world and we start to believe the wrong things about ourselves because the enemy is always so quick to lie to us about who Mm -hmm. we are, Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. believe it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes, we do. We believe that which is not true, um, and we need to believe the impossible. When you do look at this little, when you think about this little baby in a manger, it just seems impossible that this great God of the universe put himself in this helpless child um, and this king that left a throne room came into a manger, what it would have smelled like and sounded like. Um, it can get pretty chilly. I've been to Bethlehem. It can get pretty chilly in the evening. But God endured all of those physical things. Um, because he is a God who, whose greatest desire is to be with us. That's why he created us. It's the very reason for our existence. Mm. And I think if we really understand God's passion and desire for that, then hopefully that will fuel our own passion and desire not to give up on the people around us, yeah. not to give up on prayer, not to give up on presenting the gospel, not to, not to give up on loving and extending grace, even the most difficult situations. Much to think about over this mm-hmm. holiday season. Yeah. Man, oh man. I just love your mm-hmm. insight and uh, the optimism that you have, right? I mean, it's just infectious, and I enjoy it. Oh, good. So thank you for being part of our mornings. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, I, I do feel for those. Uh, December can be a really hard yeah. month for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I, I feel for those who this might be the first time the first anniversary of a precious family member or friend who has passed on and they're not with you. Um, I I feel for those who can't be with family or friends, they they have to work or they're separated because perhaps somebody is deployed in the military. Um, This can be a really hard time of year for mental health issues um, and finances. So in all of the pain and the challenges of this broken world, um, for those who have received Christ, as their Savior and Lord, you are not separated from Him. Your circumstances, your pain cannot separate you from Him, and that's Romans 8, for nothing 
separates us from the love of God. And that would be, I hope, the gift we give to ourselves is to remember that nothing, not even this life, can separate us from the love of God. And we have visible proof at Christmas time as we worship that baby in the manger who one day will be a king and come and redeem and restore everything the way it should be. And one day, Kelly and Steve, we will all worship him together with your audience. And we will see each other face to face and we will see him face to face. We are not destroyed Mm. in this broken world. This is only a chapter of eternity. It is not the end of the story. We have we have a cause for hope Mm -hmm. in Christ. Mm -hmm. Oh Mm -hmm. I love it. Professor Elizabeth Smith, thank you for joining us all the way from the Moody Bible Institute this morning. I'm sure you have a heavy heavy course load to teach today and all the stuff that you're (laughs) doing and all the incredible things that you're caring for and your family ever expanding with new grandkids. We just adore having you on the program. I love being on it anytime, anytime. And if I don't get to talk to you before we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus, Merry Christmas to both of you and to your families and, and to the ministry there. Just truly love listening to you guys when I can and always enjoy being on. It's really a treat. Well, Merry Christmas to you two and all of yours. We hope you have a very, very blessed holiday. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio. From the word to life.